ஹம்துல்லாஹிமின்ஷுரூரிஅன்ஃபுசினாஹிமின்சையாத்தியாமாலினா وما آتاكم الرسول فخذوه وما نهاكم عنه فانتهوا صدق الله العظيم سبحانك لا علم لنا إلا ما علمتنا إنك أنت العليم الحكيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحلل عقدة من لسان يفقه قولي ذو شيب الله Respected brothers respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home continuing from where we had left off in the last session the third day of the battle of qadisia has been given the name yawmul amas from the many mujahideen who fought very very bravely and courageously the one name that really stands out is of a man a mujahid whose name is hazrat maadi karab hazrat maadi karab an incredible mujahid all of the muslim historians have mentioned his name he fought very very bravely in fact ulama have mentioned that he is of that type of a character when things looked impossible for the mujahideen everyone would look at maadi karab when things would look impossible something impossible to do something that's beyond your imagination then everybody would look at maadi karab maadi karab was a very daring soldier and that is why even during the khilafat of hazrat abu bakr siddiq and during the khilafat of hazrat umar he was never given the position as being the muslim general his style of fighting was also very unorthodox very powerful very daring the people were to be behind him have to be prepared for death at any time this was the type of character hazrat maadi karab was so when things were looking impossible hazrat maadi karab was a mujahid that would make sure that this goes right the mission goes right and the impossible would become possible subhanallah who do you look at and who do you touch you know you have hazrat kaaka you have hazrat asim and all the beautiful names that just come up in the islamic history all solid soldiers not only physically solid but the iman allahu akbar kabira very powerful people it is said on the third day hazrat maadi karab had received wounds from the enemy's spear from head to toe gaping wounds from every part of his body from the head to the toe blood was oozing out when you looked at hazrat maadi karab the only thing you could see was blood covered covering the entire body allahu akbar 
And yet he had the sword and he was there right in the front line fighting. So all of the Muslim historians have mentioned uh, this very outstanding feat of uh, Sayyidina Ma'di Karab radiallahu ta'ala an. On the third day of the battle of Qadisiyya, Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an even noticed that the Muslim defense was becoming very, very weak. There were gaps that had been opened up and this was only to give advantage to the Persians a quick solution must come from the Muslims to make sure that the defense is solid for the Muslims now Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala and could see everything what he had noticed is that the gaps was due to the two huge tamed and trained elephants uh, that were with the Persian army two huge trained elephants they were just pressing forward pushing forward pushing forward and slowly the Muslim defense was breaking up and breaking up this was a cause of concern for Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an. immediately Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an sent a message and he called for two individuals one by the name Salam and the second man is Dakham yeah? Salam and Dakham Dakham and Salam, both of these soldiers were Persian fighters, Persians, new reverts to Islam. They were Persians, but they embraced Islam after getting in touch with the Muslims. So now they were fighting for the Muslims against the Persians. So as the Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala and called Dakham and Salam to, to his office and he said that, what is your opinion? Maybe being Persians you have experience of how to get rid of the elephants and how to disengage them from the activities. Solid elephants that were pushing forward, very strong. He said to the Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an, these are trained elephants and the only way to get rid of the elephants is to blind them first and then to cut off the trunks. To blind the elephants first and then to cut off the trunks. This was never going to be easy for the Muslims. We have to understand that these elephants were trained. Not only that, they had several uh, riders on top uh, who had all the arms and were also fighting and arrows were being shot from the top. You had also their foot soldiers with, with all of the elephants. So it was never going to be easy to even get close to the elephants. As Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala accepted the mashwira opinion, and he said, fine, you carry on. And he sent for another messenger. Hazrat Ka'aka was right in the front. Immediately he said that, go and call Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala came to meet Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala and explained the situation to him. And Hazrat Sa'ad said that, if these two elephants are not to be taken into control, then it will be very difficult for the Muslims to carry on. So this is what I want from you and this mission is given to you. Whatever you want to do, you have the license. Carry out. You have to do it. I want the two elephants out of action. Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala accepted the mission and he said, leave it to me. And he looked at Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala and he said, inshallah very soon you will find the elephants out of the battlefield. So he went and first he called his own brother. Now, these were blood brothers, Sagabai, Sagebai. 
And the name of his brother is Hazrat Asim radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Asim and Hazrat Ka'aka both were known for their ability in fighting and expert shooters. Hazrat Ka'aka came up with a plan. He called a few infantry soldiers, Muslim soldiers. And he said to them that first what I want you to do is to cordon off the elephants on one side. And then wait for us. That is the time we will shoot at the elephants. So you had now the infantry soldiers slowly gathering in front of these elephants and also fighting the foot soldiers that were there and slowly pushing them on one side. And then one of the infantry commander looked at Hazrat Ka'aka radiallahu ta'ala until the elephants were pushed to an angle whereby it was possible for Hazrat Ka'aka and Hazrat Asim radiallahu ta'ala to take a, a shoot and aim at the eyes of the elephants. And then finally, when the elephants were in the right spot, very quickly both the brothers took out their bows and each of them shot two arrows, two arrows each. Subhanallah, it was as if the target was locked. The target was locked. Two arrows from Hazrat Ka'aka and two arrows from Hazrat Asim. Straight, I won't say it's bullseye, but I'll say it's elephant size. It's not bullseye, but it is, it's elephant's eyes. And straight in the right direction, target hit properly. And now you find the, the elephants in pain and screaming. Now immediately when the riders saw what was happening to the elephants, Hazrat Ka'aka and Hazrat Asim radiallahu ta'ala, and again immediately with their horses, quickly went in front of the elephant. Now you have to be someone highly trained and skillful to do this. Both of them took out their swords now and with one swing each the trunks were also cut off. Subhanallah. Now the two elephants were out of action and in that fit of mad rage and anger and pain it is said that the elephants now they were blind they could not differentiate between the Persian soldiers and the Muslims. They were walking in every direction and in fact the opposite direction. He said this was great victory for the Muslims because hundreds of soldiers were trampled under the feet of the elephants. That is the Persian soldiers. And now the two huge elephants were such, they were acting like commanders. And the other elephants were trained to follow the two elephants. So now when you had the two elephants walking out of the battlefield, it is said that all of the other elephants were following the two elephants and also were walking out of the battlefield. So now slowly, this was a beautiful scene for the Sadr radiallahu ta'ala an, that the elephants are now <coughs> moving out of the battlefield, Qadisiyah, they are out of range. Now the battlefield and the scope has opened up, mashallah, one to one, yet the Persians had a lot of advantage. Uh, they came in great numbers, great numbers, so, so many fighters that historians have not even given us uh, the precise number of how many soldiers were fighting for the Persians. But the battlefield was now open. It is said that this third day of the battle is the bloodiest and the most fierce battle that has been contested between the two Muslims and the Persians. And this fighting just continued. The defense of the Persians was very, very solid. They were known for their defense. It was as if though you had a wall of living bricks in front of the Muslims, living bricks, just a wall of them. If one moved, you had another ten behind them. 
And that is the way these people were fighting, very very strong. The fighting continued. For the first time on the third day, no respite, no break. Usually at Maghrib time, it's ceasefire, both the parties would go in their camps and take a rest. But this time on the third day, Yawmul Amas, no one took a break, continuously fighting. And subhanAllah, imagine in the battlefield, you could even hear the adhan. In the battlefield you had the adhan, so you had one group of people performing salah, whilst the others was looking after their position, and again, not a single salah was qaza. So to be a mujahid, the first instructions given to you is that you have to be punctual in your salah. Only then you can uh, enroll your name for the jihad. You have to be regular in your salah. And so you have a mu'azzin that is selected and you also have an imam who is there. And that is why you will find in the books of fiqah the method of praying salah when you are in jihad. Where you should keep your arms, where the weapons must be. Is it okay for a mujahid to perform his salah with the weapons? All of these masail have been discussed. Allahu Akbar. And so Azan, Maghrib Azan took place, but the fighting just continued. It continued at Maghrib, it continued at the time of Isha. And it was as if this was the decisive phase of the battle. Anyone who got tired now was to lose the battle. Now just picture my respected brothers, even in a, in a, in a boxing match, uh, you have many many rounds and then you have a, f- a few minutes break. Uh, just to continuously fight you get tired. But in the battle, in the battle of Qadisiyah there was no break. Hazrat uh, Sa'ad gave permission that you continue now fighting as the Persians are fighting in the night and inshallah the, the Persians were not physically as strong as the Muslims. So they were getting very very tired without water and their limbs were not allowing them to stand. This was the difficult part. But because they were so many in numbers, they had that great advantage. So even if one was to move out from a position, you had another fresh person, fresh legs coming in and he was there fighting uh, with the Muslims. As Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an, from the top monitoring the situation, he knew that the only way now to uh, sort out and to weaken the, the Persian army was to eliminate their top soldier. As Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an, gave instructions to all of the mujahideen that were in the battle of Qadisiyah, that I want you to find Rustum and get rid of Rustum. This was the hukam. Rustum was their top general. Do you remember Rustum? You haven't forgotten him, ne? We haven't mentioned him for a few sessions. So Rustum was their top general. Not only top general, a man who has taken all of the Persians to war, he himself was a trained fighter, a very brave soldier. This man had a lot of bodyguards also with him. So to get to Rustum was never easy. He was right at the back. He is the one who was instructing the, the Persians what to do. And you had at the end Hazrat Isad radiallahu ta'ala on the, on the top giving instructions. Now he said to the, the, the great mujahid that were there in front of him that we have to find Rustum and get rid of him. Allahu Akbar, how was it for the Muslims to get to Rustum? This was a challenge. But perhaps Allah had written this in the destiny and the fate of one great strong sahabi, a mujahid, 
whose name was Hilal bin Alqama. What was the name? Hilal bin Alqama. Now Hilal bin Alqama, subhanallah, somehow as an individual, he just went through, he penetrated the ranks of the Persians, he got right forward until Rustum was visible. And he knew that this must be Rustum because of the bodyguards that were surrounding him and the way he was commanding, he knew that was Rustum. And so he pushed himself forward whilst the Muslims were fighting and he got to the front, to the front until he got to where the bodyguards were. Allahu Akbar, with his sword he started fighting the bodyguards and in no time he killed all of his bodyguards. Now it was Rustum and Hilal bin Alkama face to face. Rustum was so shocked that how is it possible for a Muslim soldier to bypass so many Persian soldiers and he just witnessed his bodyguards being killed in front of him and now Hilal bin Alkama is there showing him the sword. What choice does Rustum have? Now here you see the battle between Iman and Kufr also. He was not prepared to fight Hilal bin Alqama. He knew that this man, uh, the skills that Allah had blessed him with, the fighting skills, all of his bodyguards were down. And now Rustum looked at Hilal bin Alqama. The only choice given to him was either to run or to fight. What he did was he, he ran for his life. He started running and Hilal bin Alqama also started to chase him. Nobody was even looking at Rustum now because in the front you had the battle fighting between the Muslims and the, the Persians and they were thinking that Rustum's got so many bodyguards who will get to Rustum. Rustum himself is a fighter. Nevertheless Hilal bin Alqama chased him. And as, they, as he chased Hilal bin Alqama, Rustum took the wrong route, the wrong direction. He ended up at a dead end. Where did he end up? At a dead end. When I say dead end, in front is a river flowing. And behind is who? Hilal bin Alqama with a sword. Like Musa alayhi salatu wasalam came to a dead end. And the river and the subhanallah bahre qulzum that was in front of him. And Banu Israel said to Musa alayhi salam started complaining. Huh? Is this what you do to us? Is this what you have done? You have cornered us. Now Firaun's army will come. And what will be of us? At that time, Musa alayhi salam said to them, Have iman and faith and yaqeen upon Allah. This is the yaqeen of Anbiya alayhi salam. They don't look at the water, the ocean that is in front. They look at Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So what yaqeen would Rustum have? He's cornered. There's a river there. He was still not prepared to fight Hilal bin Alqama. Yeah. What he did was he jumped into the river. <laughs> he jumped into the river hoping that Hilal bin Alqama don't know how to swim. Yeah. Subhanallah, the Mujahideen knew everything. Hilal bin Alqama, whether he knew how to swim or not, he was not looking at that. He was not going to let Rustum go. This was the instructions given by Sa'ad. And Sa'ad was instructed by Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. And Umar is the Amir and the Khalifa of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the Nabi of Allah. So that line of connection goes all the way to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Through the Quran and the Sunnah. 
As a Sahabai Hiram Ajmain, the Yaqeen was very different. He jumped into the river. And he was shocked. Rustum, what, what kind of a man is he? Chasing him in the river. Hilal bin Alkama. Now it is a, a, a wrestling contest and a boxing contest. No fighting with the swords. Both of them were wrestling each other. But Hilal bin Alkama was physically very, very strong. It is said that with one hand he managed to pull out Rustum from the river and Rustum did not want to get out from the water. He wanted to stay there. But Hilal bin Alqama somehow with his two hands just pulled him out and Rustum was there. He was breathless and Hazrat Hilal bin Alqama then put his knees on the chest here of Rustum, took off his helmet, immediately he took out his knife and decapitated him. The head was taken out, one cut, and you had the body there, Rustum, you know, cold body of Rustum on one side, and Hilal bin Alkama lift, lifted up the head and looked at Rustum and said, You are Rustum? And he stood up and he said, By the rub of Kaaba, Wallahi Lazim, I have killed the Persian general Rustum, and he showed the head to the Persians. Now can you imagine what this must be for the Persian soldiers? He said, look, this is Rustum. And all of them, all of a sudden, the soldiers now turned to Hilal bin Alqama on this side. And he flung the head towards where the, the Persians were. Allahu Akbar, it is said that this, this was the end chapter of the battle of Qadisiyah. The Persian soldiers were demoralized. They could not fight any longer when they saw the top head, Rustum, killed. This was it. Now there was panic and some were running away from Qadisiyah. Some were surrendering. Thousands of them had surrendered and Muslims were taking them as prisoners. Before we continue, my respected brothers, just a few points here for us as a lesson to take in. This has always been the fundamental difference between Iman and Kufr. The people of Iman don't fight for Umar radiallahu ta'ala. The people of Iman don't fight for Khalid bin Walid radiallahu ta'ala. The people of Iman don't fight for Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala. So if Hazrat Umar was made shaheed, or Hazrat Khalid was made shaheed, or Hazrat Sa'ad was made shaheed, subhanallah, this would make no difference to them. Why? Because they were fighting for who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah is Hayyun Kareemun Allah is Hayyun Kareemun There is no beginning for Allah And there is no end for Allah So Allah is Hayyun Kareemun They are fighting for Allah But when you look at the people of Kufr It is either for nationalistic pride Or they are fighting for Forcefully Or they are fighting for their leaders For the Kisra Or for the kings That is why they are fighting so once you get rid of their top generals, you will find that they have no energy, no more to stand to fight the Muslims. And this had been the policy that Muslims had ad adopted, and subhanallah, success was given to them at all times. So you had now Rustum out of the picture, and subhanallah, all of them were surrendering. Now the soldiers that were running, they were running in the direction of Madian. Madian, Madain, this was the capital of Persia, uh, a beautiful city. This is where the Kisra would stay. 
immediately Hazrat Saad radiallahu ta'ala an communicated this good news to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an a messenger was sent straight away to give the good news to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an it is said that Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an during the battle of Qadisiyah he was so eager and anxious to receive the the messenger that came from Qadisiyah so that he knew exactly what the progress was happening that after Ishraq Salah he would walk out of Madinatul Munawwara and stay there until Zuhur awaiting for the messenger to come and then read Zuhur and then go out again to Madinatul Munawwara waiting for the messenger to come Abu Zamani mein mobile thore the O2 to tha hi nahi samjhe O2 to tha hi nahi aur ye virgin talk free and you can keep on talking aisa masla to tha hi nahi subhanallah and so it was the system of messengers being sent from one area to another and this was their duty jaise postman hote hai na they knew the routes they were very very quick very fast and immediately on that day hazrat umar radhiyallahu ta'ala an after ishraq is going out of madinatul munawwara and from a distance he looks at a camel rider someone on the camel quickly hazrat umar runs to him no soldiers no nothing now this man was from qadisiyah he did not know who Amirul Mu'mineen was. He had never seen Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala went in front of him, in front of the camel and greeted him and said quickly give me the news from Qadisiyah. This man was in a rush to go to Madinah Munawwara and talk to Amirul Mu'mineen. So he said no, 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 no. What I can tell you is good news. What I can tell you is good news. But I, I am only going to give the good news to someone who is more important than you. <laughs> you know, pointing fingers at Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Hazrat Umar was a simple man. No uniform, no badges. You know, like some presidents of the country, uniforms and badges here, badges there, and badges there, and badges there. And they can't even do the tawaf of the Kaaba without a hundred uh, bodyguards. You know, this, was, this is the type of life they, they live. Subhanallah. You know, all isolated. They're not free. All difficult. Hazrat Umar was a simple man. No badges, no uniform, no signs for him to be Amirul Mu'mineen. So Hazrat Umar is running from one side of the camel to the other. Bhai, tell me what has happened, tell me. Hazrat Umar was so anxious. Fighting the Persian Empire was not something small. This meant a lot. Allahu Akbar. They wanted Islam to spread. And she says, no, no, I can't tell you. I have to tell someone who's more important than you. I have to tell someone more important than you. Slowly, as he dragged Hazrat Umar all the way back to Madinatul Munawwara, and when the Madanis saw Hazrat Amirul Mu'mineen in this state, they were saying, Amirul Mu'mineen, what has happened? Amirul Mu'mineen. When he heard that people were saying, Amirul Mu'mineen, he started sweating. Immediately he said, Allahu Akbar, Amirul Mu'mineen, only if you told me that you are Amirul Mu'mineen, Umar ibn al-Khattab, I would have not disrespected you. Look at the tawazo, how humble he was. He said that, look, I am not a king that I treat you like slaves. I am not a king and that you are my slaves. You are not my slave, I am the slave of Allah. I am the slave of Allah, so tell me the good news. And he gave the good news, and immediately in the masjid, Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala and performed salah and made shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and gave the good news to the women and the men that were there in Madinatul Munawwara this was a big event and a big day subhanallah for the Muslims it doesn't stop at Qadisiyah of course 
Persian Empire is a vast empire with many many cities and now the Muslims mashallah slowly press forward, go forward, go forward you had the soldiers that had run away information was given that they are regrouping in Madian or in Madain in that part of the region Allah have mentioned that the Muslims passed through many cities that had a lot of historical significance also just to mention a few one city they passed from is the city of Khuthar. What's the city? The city of Khuthar. The city of Khuthar, it is said that uh, Namrud had imprisoned Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam in the, in the city of Khuzar. And that dungeon is still there. That dungeon in which Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam was imprisoned is still there in, the, in prison. This was done by Namrud. Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala actually passed from this area and they showed him this dungeon and he lifted up his hands and he recited verses of the Quran that were related to Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam and subhanallah now the city of Khusa also comes under Muslim control and then they come to another city this city is known in Farsi as Bahre Sher as Bahre Sher Sher, Bahre Sher. What is Sher? Lion. Lion. MashaAllah. Sher kisko kate? Lion ko kate. In Persia, this city was known as Bahre Sher. Bahre Sher. Now, the Arabs, they came. They didn't know the, uh, the Farsi, the Persian language. And so they knew that this city is Bahre Sher. Why this city was given the name Sher is that the Kisra, the king, had a pet and that pet was a lion a lion pet a trained lion it is said that this lion was free to roam around in the city roam around in the city <laughs> free to roam around and the people of Bahreshir knew that, that lion anyone who disrespected the Kisra the king the lion once the command was given from the Kisra, the, lion, uh, the, the king would point fingers at that person and the lion would attack that individual and he immediately kill him and tear him apart. This is how the lion was. And so this city was known as Behresher, you know, the city of the lion. And it is said when the Muslims got to the city Behresher, that lion was still there. The Muslims didn't know about it. When they got to Behresher, Approximately 1,000 Persians were taken as prisoners. Kitne? Ek hazar. Until it is said that where Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an was, he was walking with the Mujahideen, with, with the commanders and Muslim generals into the main area of the city. And all of a sudden, the lion just jumped, sprang out. And Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala an didn't know and this was because of the soldiers in the background Persian soldiers giving instructions to the lion that you want to go and attack Hazrat Sa'ad that man there this is who you want to attack so now the lion comes in front of Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala shall we end here and continue next week no and the lion is there Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala was about to take his sword out another sahabi, another mujahid 
another mujahid. Wallahu alam if he's a sahabi, we are in the time of uh, the tabi'een also. Nevertheless, these were great tabi'een. And so, uh, this mujahid by the name of Hazrat Hashim, Hazrat Hashim, he says to Hazrat Sa'ad, I will sort this lion out. Leave this contest between uh, the lion and myself. I will finish this lion off. Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala answered, okay, can you imagine how Sahaba Kiram Ajmain were, how these Mujahideen were? Nothing would stop them. When it came to the spreading of Iman and Islam, subhanallah, it was the sheer love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the yaqeen they had. It is said that he took out his sword. This sword was very thin and in length very long and in width not, not so big, not so wide. He took his sword out. Ulama have mentioned that the lion actually jumped towards Hazrat Sa'ad and whilst the lion was up in the air Hazrat Hashim took a swing with the sword and immediately cut off the, the head of the lion the lion fell dead in front of Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala this one blow of Hazrat Hashim was of such admiration that Hazrat Sa'ad radiallahu ta'ala came and he kissed the forehead of Hazrat Hashim radiallahu ta'ala. And he made dua and he said, Subhanallah, Allah has blessed the ummah with such talented mujahideen. And so now the lion was dead. Bahr-e-Sher is also taken under Muslim control. And then now the Muslims go forward towards Madian and Madain. I could start this, but you need a lot of time. Ten past nine hoge. Inshallah, if Allah wills, in the next session, another great karamat is to be witnessed of how the Muslims enter into Madian, inshallah. Next session, dua kare wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina wa maulana Muhammadin nabiyilumi wa ala alihi wa sallim taslima. Allahumma taqabbal minna wa tub alayna inna kanta tawabur rahim. Allah kareem, humari is majlis ko kabul farma. Allah tu humse razi ho ja. Allah jitne naujawan log yaha baithe huye. Allah mahas teri raza ke liye baithe hai. Allah humari iman ki hifazat farma. Allah humari aulad humari aankho ki thandak ho. Allah is majlis mein khususan aur mastura jogar pa sun rahi hai. Jinki jo parishani ho, Allah us parishani ko dur farma. Jo bimare unko Shifade, Allah Hamari Hifazat Farma, Dai Janib Sahifazat Farma, Bai Janib Sahifazat Farma, Allah Age Sahifazat Farma, Piche Sahifazat Farma, Upper Sahifazat Farma, Niche Sahifazat Farma, Allah Har Janib Situ Hamari Hifazat Farma, Allah Mohtaj He, Allah Mohtaj He, Hamari Zaban Chelti He, Lekin Hamari Dilki Kafiat Kuch Or He, Allah to Hamari Hifazat Farma, Allah to Hamari Yakin Ko, Iman Ko Mazbut Banade, Allah Ham Tere Ashik Banjai, Tere Rasulke Ashik Banjai, Allah Ham Sahibi قرآن بن جائے اللہ ہم صاحب قرآن بن جائے اللہ رسول صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم نے جن جن دعا مانگی جو جو دعا مانگی اللہ وہ دعا ہم مانگتے ہیں اور جن دعا سے اللہ کے رسول نے پناہ مانگی ان تمام چیزوں سے ہم بھی پناہ مانگتے ہیں اللہ ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو اللہ ہمارا خاتمہ بالخیر ہو نستغفرک و نتوب علیک سمعنا و اطعنا غفرانک ربنا و علیک المصیر برحمتک یا رحم الرحمین